0: That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant
2: on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Reception of the
1: show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Cole, Matt Harmon here with you, and you are listening to Perception, Perception, the show. Matt, how are you doing on this beautiful uh, Wednesday? I guess when people hear this? Will be Thursday, but how are you doing on this beautiful Wednesday night?
2: I'm doing great, man. Uh, you know, I've been been doing a lot of work on rookies uh, for the upcoming rookie report for the website. Um, you know, that should, I'm trying to get that thing out a little bit earlier than it was last year. Uh, so I've been been knee deep in in rookie wide receiver film uh, all day. But yeah, I'm doing good, man. I feel really uh, I feel like I'm in a groove this season, maybe more so than ever, which is a nice feeling.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, you know, right? Because um, (laughs) you gave yourself more work to do (laughs) for the first time ever. Yeah, I know. First time ever doing in-season charting. Um, but actually ultimately, I think that's kind of sort of helped your workflow too, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, not that nobody
2: cares about this stuff, but I would say that, uh, while I took on, on the outside, took on a lot more duties at, at Yahoo and took on more stuff with reception, perception, I got a lot of like busy work and some, some, some stuff I didn't like doing off of my plate. So it's given me more time to, uh, spend, you know, uh, knee deep in wide receiver film and everything like that so which is the stuff I really like so you know we're right. we're week eight and i'm I'm not i won't speak for you James but this is probably the first time that like week eight has rolled around and I haven't been like almost kind of starting to feel a little burnt out i mean I'm tired <laughs> and and you know we're i've been you know working yeah. we're, we're working hard and stuff like that but i'm I'm having a lot of fun this year which is great
1: I don't know for for whatever reason this year I just feel I don't know, I just feel more in tune with everything this year man I, I've been like yeah. I've been nice with some of these calls too just because I'm so locked in man so right uh, but anyways um let's get to it man I, I really wanted to start um by talking about an RP favorite and and really he's like a Twitter favorite too like DJ Moore people love DJ Moore you know yeah. uh for for not being a let's be real he's not a household name. Not a household name sure. by any stretch, but he is certainly a kind of a football guy's favorite, you know, DJ Moore. He's really had a struggle uh to start off 2022, but okay, wait a second now. Last week, we saw a little bit of a revival, but I ask you this. Do you believe in it long term or was it a one game blip?
2: <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um obviously we we bring this up all the time, the bold prediction on the show about uh, DJ Moore you know <laughs> going to lead the NFL in receiving yards. So oh, always boy. come back to that one. Oh all- boy. <laughs> <laughs> and you know he finally got the um the usage metrics that I I really wanted a- out of him this year, you know, that where he runs a route on every single snap, which we we'd gotten that but like in week 7 share of the team targets. 51.2% share of the team air yards. All we needed to do was get to the third string quarterback, uh, get to the, get, get CMC out of town, get Robbie Anderson out of town. <laughs> and now my bold predictions <laughs> finally looking good, man. I, so, yeah. And even then it's like, okay, he had, had seven oh catches, 69 yards and a touchdown. Like that's actually not what I was looking. I was looking for all that volume to turn into more than that. But yeah, you know, I, I, I I've always liked DJ Moore's game. I think that as you mentioned some, um, some fantasy analysts and some Twitter folks are higher on DJ more than I've been but he's obviously a really good player and you know I did the in-season tracking work on him and you know you find out DJ Moore is getting open man of course DJ Moore is getting open he's a good player right. and and he was really just in the most dysfunctional environment but those volume metrics that I mentioned mm-hmm. um the, the, that that's really the key there because if you're going to be a productive wide receiver uh you know low end 2 high end 3 in fantasy I think that's kind of the best we can hope for for DJ Moore in this particular circumstance, you're going to need to just get a ton of volume, and that is what DJ Moore has gotten and was not getting before that because you know CMC was there, Robbie Anderson was there. They were also getting like goofballs like shy Smith a ton of targets and stuff like that. Um, now we're we're pretty concentrated down to DJ Moore, and I think that's what we're going to need. But also, James, um, I don't know if you got a chance to, to watch a lot of that game. PJ Walker was kind of dealing, bro. Like he was, that was by it like a country mile the best uh quarterback play Carolina has gotten all year long so um, that's encouraging i don't know if that's sustainable but you know, Steve Wilkes was certainly like, hey, we're, we're starting this guy, no question about it, uh, no matter who's healthy, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, anybody else uh, next week. So that's kind of what we need is we need P.J. Walker or somebody to play competently and for D.J. Moore to just get a ton of volume going forward.
1: It was pretty encouraging, too, right, because it was a bad matchup. Tampa Bay Secondary is yeah. pretty good. You know, those those corners there uh, for the Bucs, they've been performing really, really well. I expected absolutely freaking nothing from D.J. Moore. I, I start the show by saying, oh, I've been I've been pretty good with some of my calls. Uh, the One of the calls that I got just <laughs> dead wrong in the matchups column was like, yeah, dude, don't put on the, the clown makeup and start D.J. Moore again. And right, sure yeah. enough, seven catches, 69 yards, and a touchdown later, he had himself, uh, I'm, I mean, clearly his most productive day. It was a season high. Uh, In terms of receiving yards, season high. In terms of receptions, and obviously got the 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 touchdown as well. Again, in a very very tough matchup. But I go back to this. Okay, so now week six against LA. What does he do? Right, he sees seven targets and he gets seven yards. Mm -hmm. So is the truth somewhere in the middle, or is this you know seven catch? 70 yard performance is this the new normal for dj
2: right that's kind of the question because i mean the the big stat out of that uh week six panthers performance was that pj walker did he even throw a pass beyond the line of scrimmage he averaged like (laughs) you know (laughs) negative air yards per per pass play right so but, again, that was still – he wasn't out there the whole game, as we know, but Robbie Anderson was a part of that game. Uh, he got his ass thrown out later in the game, but he was <laughs> out there for a, for a bit. You know, Christian McCaffrey obviously out there for a bit. So, um, you know, it's not as if, like, oh, you lose Christian McCaffrey and the offense is suddenly better or something like that. But it is, um, it is a situation where the volume c- constricts. I mean, he had had an 11-target game against the Arizona Cardinals earlier in the season, DJ Moore, but – um you know still not not like the, the vo- that that's the only other time he's had any sort of volume total like that i mean he is he had a couple of games uh at 30.6% of the team targets that was at cardinals game you know 33.3% of the tar- the targets that was um that was the that was the the rams game that was the pathetic uh showing there but he hasn't had a volume air yard totals uh anywhere close to what he's got in the last two weeks before everybody else was out of the picture so i think that's just that's going to be the big thing is it going to be again it's going to be pretty every single week. Hell no man, we know that. Like this offense is still going to be bad, but um it'll be better than it has been for DJ Moore if if the quarterback play can can cooperate and not be the 32nd ranked quarterback play in the NFL like it was with Baker Mayfield.
1: Hey man, I wanted to bring this up too because you've harped on this quite a bit and you've been talking about this for years now. Um, Coming into this game, DJ Moore had played about 75% of his snaps out wide and about 25% of his snaps inside. That percentage shifted just a bit. Okay. Where well, we're talking about now 60% of his snaps against the Tampa Bay Bucks came lined up as an outside wide receiver, and then about 40% as an inside wide receiver. Obviously, the coaching change and those kind of things make a little bit of a difference. Look, when you look at the production, Matt, most of it, um, as a matter of fact, almost like 90% of it came while he was lined up outside. But it's interesting because it almost gives the defense a little something else to think about when he does line up inside. And that part to me seems like, okay, if they continue with that, maybe that is something that's sustainable.
0: And I also
2: think that DJ Moore would be at his best if he was more of like a move around the line of scrimmage, you know, big slot receiver type. Uh, I don't think he's he's fine. He's actually taken a lot of steps as a route runner. Like his first couple of years, he was really, really, really raw as like a press man coverage beater on the outside. You know, and again, if you're going to play as a true ex receiver, you're going to have to beat press man coverage, especially in high leverage situations. And, you know, he, again, he's gotten a lot better about that, but um, he's still not at like quite the elite levels, you know, in reception perception. He's always been like right around like 70% success rate versus man, which is good. It's, it's good enough, but it's not, you know, it's not up there. Like one of the the best receivers in the NFL, you know, not like a a Terry McLaurin type, for example, who's way, way up there in terms of success rate versus man press. But like, I do think he would be, you know, better served to be put in those advantageous situations, like being more of a slot receiver. And, you know, that's, that's good to see. Um, that's good to see from this coaching staff. You know, I think, I think Steve Wilkes kind of got a raw deal in Arizona. That was one of the Jesus, w- of course. Yeah. That was one of the worst uh, offenses. Not that he, you know, you know, obviously some of that is his fault. He was the head coach. It was that bad. And, you know, they hired like Mike McCoy, who's, you know, a dinosaur of all dinosaurs in terms of good offensive Lord. play calling. So, right. Um, yeah, no, there was a lot of problems there, of course, but, all that to say uh that i i do think that that maybe they kind of got in the lab a, bit, a little bit and like let's just feature dj more let's just get this guy in advantageous situations uh and try to do because that's one of the my, my biggest complaints about the matt rule era among many was that they were always kind of like a little too static in their receiver usage, and especially having DJ Moore as that just pure X receiver that never moved around pre-snap, I think was not best. Like not to his, uh, be- not using him the best of his abilities.
1: I mean, you talk about Steve Wilkes. <laughs> what he was with Arizona? I, I mean, they drafted a rookie and Josh Rosen, who obviously has not panned out. But I no, mean, come on, he, he got Wilkes got totally hosed on that situation. You know, I mean, they're starting this rookie quarterback who, again, came in with high hopes, but obviously did not pan out. Um, and then Wilkes got let go. You know, it's just, oh, man, what what a, what a tough situation it was. For Cliff Kingsbury, um, which that, that hasn't worked out. That hasn't right. worked out either. Yes, absolutely correct. Um, I wanted to touch on some of DJ Moore's man numbers, which you had talked about success rate versus man. Um, at, in 2018, DJ Moore, 52.7% success rate versus man. That is real low. Then yeah. it's climbed up uh, nearly 10 points in 2019, up to 61.7% success rate versus man. And then last year it's uh it's all the way up down to 70.5, which is again, that that's kind of that's 71 ish percentage. That's kind of the threshold. Is it not?
2: Yeah. That's um that's where you want to see guys. Like if they're going to, it's a solid area, but um, yeah. again, I think he's his best stuff comes when he's out in the open field. And this, this current Panthers coaching staff, obviously they, they fired Matt rule, but like they right. never really set him up to be in those situations where, um, those last couple of years, you know, I think, I think this kind of gets forgotten that when DJ Moore got drafted and, like, I kind of had a feeling that the, and I was really excited about the pick, obviously cause I have a complicated relationship with the Carolina Panthers. And I, I always was a fan of DJ Moore as a prospect, but like, you know that Norv Turner, uh, the offensive coordinator at the time, and obviously then it became Scott Turner, and then mm-hmm. you know, before the whole team gets pushed out for the Matt Rule guys, they loved DJ Moore, and they like were obsessed with his. You know there are there are like pictures of Norv Turner looking at DJ Moore at his pro day with like you know heart the hard eyes and stuff like that. He just <laughs> loved that guy, and they did a ton while he was still raw as a technician and raw as, a route runner, as the RP data shows. They did a ton to get him in the open field, get him in open space. And this, the, the Matt Rule coaching staff has never done that. They're just like, mm-hmm. I think they're kind of, I mean, they just were really bad with player usage where it's just like, this is our number one receiver. Number one receiver goes to the X receiver and that's where he's going to play. But it's like, yeah. I don't think that's actually the best, the best way to use him. But you know, all this stuff really doesn't matter from a brass tax perspective. The reality now is just like, he's going to get just a ton of volume. And if they're going to move him around and, um, use him in creative ways that aren't isn't just like lining him up like he's Michael Thomas at the X receiver position yeah then you're gonna you're gonna see some better numbers from DJ Moore more going forward not just because of the volume but also because that is the way to use him to the best of his abilities
1: I think what it does when you slide him inside for at least even a handful of targets um, I think it increases the margin for error you know what mm, I mean it's um, espe- it. especially for somebody like PJ Walker where again you know like we, we love PJ. Fine. It's great. Great story and all that, but I don't think anyone's, you know, confusing him for this, you know, elite pocket passer. you know, I, I just think, wow. yeah. <laughs> right. So, so I, it, it feels as if, if you can get DJ more in space and we've talked about this a lot where a guy, if you slide him into the slot is now not having to beat man so much, but more having to beat zone. Right. And his mm-hmm. 80% success rate in, in that zone area is pretty good. Um, and again, that that just increases the margin for error uh for DJ Moore to pick up yards, pick up receptions, and do those type of things. So it is interesting to see the usage, and I'll be I'll be curious to see if they continue to do that in the weeks moving forward.
2: Me too, man. Um, and you know, now they've got Terrace Marshall out there as the number two receiver, and that is I'm again this isn't I'm fascinated because but Terrace Marshall was so bad as a rookie. Um <laughs> oh boy um second worst success rate versus man coverage number of all time uh second second worst only to the great justin hunter um he was also dead last among all the guys uh charted in success rate versus press he was just absolutely terrible as a rookie um you know his prospect profile is kind of weird because he had like good success rate versus man and press numbers but uh terrible numbers against zone um and his really he only had like an above average success rate on two routes, like the nine and the slant. I think the flat route too. I'm kind of doing that off the top of my head. But you know, it, was, it wasn't like you look at his route trade, it's like there's only a few that are green. They're not, and then the rest are red. So very imbalanced player, basically. But you know, he played kind of as a big slot receiver at LSU, and then they sort of tried to have him be a big slot receiver last year, you know, and Joe right. Brady was the offensive coordinator there uh before they fired him midseason. As you mentioned, with with DJ Moore kind of taking a few more slot reps last week, Terrace Marshall only lined up in the slot on 11.6% of his snaps last week as kind of the number two receiver. And I think if Terrace Marshall is going to be a good NFL player, you don't want okay. him out there. Changing direction, beating zone coverage in the middle of the field as a, as a big slot receiver. I think you want him streaking down the field on nine routes. You want him doing slant routes. I think he's kind of like a Chase Claypool type of player, and you know Claypool's ended up being um kind of a big slot receiver, and that, that's sort of kind of sort of kind of better for him. But um, you know, more of just an athlete than an actual wide receiver. So why not at least try to get him some 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 vertical routes? Basically, is the way I feel about it.
1: I mean, I was so excited about. Terrace Marshall you know coming out of LSU because again he played that big slot receiver role at LSU a a position at in that LSU offense that was highly productive and that they leaned on quite a bit I mean aka see Justin Jefferson right Um, and and he tested amazingly right of course he's a a James Coe guy for sure big oh oh, come on dude six (laughs) what he's six four he ran a four three eight forty with a a 39 inch vertical of course I'm gonna get excited about this guy He's a contested
2: catch guy too. He's a contested catch Thank guy you. as well.
1: Thank you. Yes, he is. <laughs> oh, checks all the boxes, baby. Yeah. Let's go. I'm not going to be. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I was actually stunned that he was this bad to start his NFL career. Uh, but I think it does bear mentioning, right? That okay, maybe Matt Rule just wasn't utilizing him in the right way. And also, when the coaching staff gets down on you because they were, they just straight out, flat out benched him. Yeah. I mean, that's going to impact your confidence. It's going to impact, you know, what you do out there on the football field as well. So I think that does at least it's worth a mention um, that with new blood, maybe possibly we see new motivation. I don't know. We'll see. And we'll keep a close eye.